You are listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Dwayne Sayer titled Understanding Forgiveness from the series My Friend's Favorite Talks. For more info, visit creekside.org. Well, one of the things that um, I have found that can be pretty difficult uh, for people to do, and that is to be able to forgive. And um, Webster defines forgiveness as, a, as an action, of a verb, and it says to give up resentment of or claim to, requital for, to grant relief from payment of, to cease to feel resentment against an offender, uh, to receive pardon. Psychology Today says mustering up genuine compassion for those who have wronged us instead of allowing anger toward them to eat away at us. I thought that was pretty key. Many of us agree that forgiving uh, can be very difficult to do, not only as a believer, but just as a, as a person. Sometimes things ha- have been done to us and it, we find it difficult. Uh, Martha Kilpatrick said, we are all on a lifelong journey and the core of its meaning the terrible demand of its centrality is forgiven, for forgiving and being forgiven. Can't live in this world for very long without being wronged or wounded. If I would ask you today, how many of you this morning would say that you've been wronged before, you've been wounded? Let me see your hands, okay, most of you. And then if I were to say, how many of you this past week have been wronged or wounded by someone? Okay, a few of you. How about this morning? Get up. Get up. Get ready for church. Um, Jesus was wronged and Jesus had been wounded by by those who he encountered and who he interacted with. Well, who were they? You know, they were the religious leaders of the day. They were the Roman leaders, the Roman soldiers who were professional executioners. The disciples even hurt Jesus and then most importantly, us. When Jesus was hanging on the cross and one of his last acts towards the people that he was looking out over the crowds, one of his last acts was to forgive them. He prayed this prayer, found in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And the incredible thing about that is there was a man standing right at his feet who could hear what he was saying. And he was so moved and and life changed because of this act of forgiveness. In Mark chapter 15, verse 39, when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. That act of forgiveness was life changing for him. He had a chance to see it firsthand. Now, the whole idea of forgiveness was not foreign to the disciples because Jesus took time to uh, teach them and and to share with them how important it was that they learn how to forgive. And one of the ways that he shared it with them was in his prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Many of us are familiar with Matthew 6.12 where it says, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And then in parables... Jesus told stories to illustrate his point. And the crux of the message this morning, I'd like uh, to look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 35. And Peter is, um, is coming to Jesus and he's asking him, Lord, 
How many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Well, according to Jewish tradition or Jewish, uh, yeah, Jewish tradition, they, they would give you three times, and then after that third time, boy, they were done with you. And, and that's kind of what Paul or Peter was saying was that, was that you know, given a measure of grace, not three or four times, but seven times, Lord? So if I forgive seven times, is that good enough? And then after that, we're done? I mean, is that, is that how high the bar is when it comes to forgiveness? And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, not seven times, but 77 times. Or in other areas of the gospel, seven times 70. And that basically is an unlimited number of times. It's not a figurative number, but it's an unlimited number of times that we are to forgive one another. Then Jesus goes into a story, and he tells a story about a king, and the king is trying to settle all of his debts, and so he calls these people up uh, in front of him to settle their debts, and this guy comes in, and and he owes 10,000 talents. And the best I can configure is to be about, that's about $800,000 in today's uh, 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 income. And basically what it is, it's an unlimited amount that the guy could never repay it especially in that culture. He could never repay that amount of money. How he got into that much debt, it doesn't go, it doesn't go into detail, but it just says he owed 10,000 talents. And so when he got called before the king and said, pay this up, he says, got on his knees and he begged, I, I, I can't play it, pay it. Please give me some time. Please be patient with me. And I'll, I, I'll do what I can to pay you back. Well, he can't. It's way too much. And the king knew that, and he said, forget it. Grab him, grab his wife, grab his kids. Let's sell them into slavery. And then what we're going to do is we'll just recoup whatever amount of money that we can, and then we'll call it even. And the man says, please, please, forgive me. And the Bible says that the king had compassion on him, and he forgave his debt. How would that make you feel? Isn't that amazing? many of you this morning would love to have your mortgage company call you up right now and say, hey, it's, it's forgiven. And then others of you want to go out right now and go buy a house, don't you, if that's going to happen. Well, this is, this is the, the, the measure, the, the feeling that he had was just this overwhelming relief. And he gets up and he goes outside. And as he's going outside, he, he comes across a, another servant, guy that he knows that he loaned uh, a, a thousand denarii to, which is about $8,000 in today's uh, uh, income. And he says, pay up. And the fellow servant falls on his knees before him. You know, forgive me. Please forgive my, my debt. I'll, I'll do what I can to pay you. And the guy, says, the guy says, forget it. And he has him thrown into jail. Well, some other guys that knew what had happened with the first servant and the king heard what went on, saw what went on, and they, they went to the king and said, hey, king, you're not going to believe what Joe just did. And the king goes, well, what happened? He goes, well, you know, you forgave Joe's debt. Oh, yeah, yeah, king felt good about that. Well, Joe went out and he ran into Tom and, and Tom owed him $8,000 and, and he asked Tom to pay him and Tom said he couldn't. So he had, him, he had him thrown into jail. Well, if you're the king, how did that make you feel? He was, he was angry. And he, he called for that servant to come back. And when uh, the master called the servant in, he said, you wicked servant. 
I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed, which was eternal. And verse 35 says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers from your heart. That's pretty heavy. Pastor Dwayne, you were supposed to come in here and preach a message of encouragement, not something so heavy. Well, we've been talking about soul care in our church the last, this, this summer, talking about taking care of our souls. And I just want to encourage you that, um, that this aspect of, of forgiveness is not meant to be heavy, but it's meant to be free. It's meant to free our souls so that we can be, be uh, free to receive from what Christ has for us. But a lot of times, you know, we have a tendency to hang on to things and not let them go. And we sometimes don't realize the damage that, it, that it's causing within our hearts and within our lives. God's very clear in Scripture how important it is that we learn how to forgive. We forgive because we've been forgiven. We forgive because we've been forgiven. Matthew 6, 14 through 15 goes on to say, when we forgive, God forgives us. If we don't forgive, God will not forgive us. And then Luke 17, 3 to 5 says, watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. And I love this last part. It says, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. That's almost like saying, oh, sweet Jesus, <laughs> Lord, help me. Because they knew how difficult of a, of a responsibility that was to learn or to uh, uh, enact within a measure of forgiveness. I'm reminded of an old story, you may have heard it, about a, a, an old man back in the western days, back in the old days, and a young guy came up to him, young cowboy, and he said, uh, what's the secret of your successful marriage, your longevity, longevity of your marriage? And he said, well, it all started after uh, the, day, the, the day of our wedding, after we had gotten married, my wife and I were in the wagon as we were getting ready to head to um, our new homestead and and uh, the, had a little bit of a journey before us. And as we're going along, the horse stumbled and caused the wagon to, to shudder. And, and uh, my wife jumped out of the wagon and she grabbed the reins of the horse and she looked the horse in the eyes and she said, that's once. And as she jumped back into the wagon and we continued on our way, the road is rough. And again, the horse stumbled and she jumped out again and she grabbed the reins of the horse and she said, that's twice. Jumped back in the wagon, we took off, we had, everything was fine for a while, road got rough again, the horse stumbled again, she jumped out of, the, out of the wagon, she grabbed the horse and bang, she shot it. I didn't know what to do, I said, honey, what are you doing? That's our only horse, what are we going to do now? And she looked at me and grabbed me by my collar and she said, that's once. How many of you can relate to that one? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Whereas forgiveness sets us free, unforgiveness keeps us stuck in a place of stagnancy in our lives. That's once, that's twice. The past, the hurt, the pain, the abuse, the injustice we relived 
over and over again in our lives. Jesus doesn't want us to live in a rut, stuck in a place of unforgiveness. So I think sometimes we need to be reminded of and as well as instructed to understand forgiveness just a little bit deeper. Again, as I said, we've been taking a, a study of um, uh, our soul. We've been, um, I've been doing a lot of reading out of Bill Hybels' books and uh, John Ortberg's talking about soul care and taking care of ourselves. And Hybels kind of refers to this area of forgiveness. He talks about it in three different levels, level one, level two, and level three. Level one area of forgiveness uh, happens when we are easily offended. Easily offended. Overly sensitive. Drama queen. Drama king. You know somebody like that? Don't look at your husbands. Don't look at your wives. Don't look at your kids, your brothers, your sisters. But we all know there are those people that are just hard to get along with. Feel like you got to walk on eggshells. Anything you say, you look at them wrong, say something, you know, just in the in the slightest way, and, and they get easily offended. You know, somebody like that. First Corinthians talks about how we are to be responsive to to things that are deemed offensive. First Corinthians thirteen five, the last part of that verse says, "It or love is not easily angered." It keeps no record of wrongs. Whereas somebody that is easily offended, they, they do keep record of wrongs. They, they are easily angered. With being easily offended, we have a tendency to let petty grievances become deal breakers, causing rifts, divides, and walls in our relationships. We have a tendency to make mountains out of molehills. Level one offenses do a great job of, of really what they do is they, level one, reveal what's in your heart. Not in the heart of who we think has offended us, but in our heart. What we need to do is we need, first of all, to learn how to let it go. Can you say, let it go? Wives, turn to your husbands and say, let it go. Husbands, turn to your wives and say, honey, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> right? I know better. But what happens is when, we're, when it's difficult for us to let it go, what it does is it, is it shows that there may be a, a, a spiritual or emotional depletion in our lives. We know life is busy. Life gets hard. Life gets rough. And if we're not taking care of our souls, if we're not taking care of ourselves, man, we, we get depleted emotionally and spiritually. And then sometimes it, it just seems like no matter what happens, our, thin, our skin gets a little thinner, you know, uh, things don't roll off, our back is easy, and we, we become easily offended. It's a good way of taking a hard look at our lives and seeing whether we're taking care of ourselves, taking care of our souls. I love what Proverbs chapter 19 verse 11 says. It says, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. They earn respect by learning how to overlook wrongs. So if we or you or I have been too easily offended, too easily irritated recently, then let's take time for a quick confession. Say this prayer, Father, forgive me. For I know not what I do. 
Father, forgive me, for I know not what I do. Then you're looking at level two hurts, and these are legitimate wounds. These are things that are, that are legitimate things that, that hurt us and cause us to be wounded. Level two wrongdoings are a little bit more complex. They're just not minor offenses. They, they lead to legitimate wounds that require resolution and healing. Whereas the level one, it's not an issue of somebody else. It's an issue of us. We need to let it go. But these are the wounds that we have to go face to face with somebody so that we can reconcile the relationship. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, forgiveness is not an occasional act, but it is a constant attitude. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. It's not a, it's not a moment of weakness. It's not a roll over and, and let somebody else have their way. But forgiveness done in the right way is, is, is an act of strength that we need to have. Legitimate wounds are when confidences are betrayed, trust is violated, hurtful words are spoken, you've been mistreated somehow, some way, and there needs to be a reconciliation of the relationship. There's a wrong way to do it and a right way. I don't know how, how you, sometimes I, I catch myself because the wrong way seems to be the easiest way rather than going to the person that hurt you. What do you do? You go to somebody else and you tell them about how that person has hurt you. And you talk about how a bad person they are, and then what, that, what does that lead to? Gossip and slander, and thus makes us just as wrong as they were in what ended up happening to us. So the right way, obviously, is to go to that person, to go to that individual, to receive reconciliation, to talk it out, asking for forgiveness for what we've done, and, and, and receiving forgiveness for what they have done. Offering forgiveness and then, and then asking for forgiveness. Matthew 18, 15 says, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Just between the two of you, if he listens to you, you've won your brother over. The goal is to reconcile. Well, pastor, sometimes that doesn't happen. I know that. I know that. And that's a shame. But you need to do your part. You've got to take that step to initiate that recon act of reconciliation. It's not a simple process. It means that we have to fully acknowledge the wrong that was done to us. We grieve over what has been lost. And eventually what we do is we begin to let the other person off the hook. We release them. We let them go. Not for their sake, but for our sake. And for Christ. Somebody said forgiving does not mean forgetting. Forgiving is letting go of everything that weighs and taints your soul. Now, this next level is a level I hope none of you ever have to experience, never have to go through. But I'd be naive to think that no one in this room has. This type of, of uh, area of forgiveness is, is a very difficult one because it involves deep hurts. It involves deep hurts. I, I'm walking through a couple of different uh, uh, scenarios in my church where marriage vows have been broken and it's been devastating uh, to one family in particular, just absolutely destructive. And as I was sharing with one of my mentors what was going on, he just said this. He said, reconciliation takes two, but forgiveness takes only one. Reconciliation takes two, but forgiveness takes only one. And so the focus is here on you this morning as, as, as you bring it to the Lord in, in, in a deep way to learn how to walk through 
being able to forgive deep hurts. As I think about Peter coming to Jesus and saying, how many times do I need to forgive? Lord, is it three? I mean, uh, up to seven. You know, what? and Jesus says, it's unlimited. But I think about some of this stuff, especially the deep, the deep hurts, all it takes is just one, one act, one thing to create such a, such a, uh, a chasm of pain and a, and, and a, and a depthness of, of hurt that, that is just unbearable at times. How do we get through that? How do we walk through that? Betrayal, abuse, affairs, life-altering, life-taking. When I was 16 years old, I remember standing in the kitchen as my mom received the phone call that her mom, my grandmother, was brutally murdered in Philadelphia in her home as a as a it was an act of racial hatred. And I remember her crying, finding out that the man that did this walked into my grandmother's home while she was sleeping and beat her to death. And the people in that neighborhood knew who did it. But everybody was afraid of him and nobody wanted to come forward. Police knew who did it. But they couldn't arrest him because nobody would, nobody would identify or, or, or be a witness to what had happened. So therefore there was no, no prosecution and the case still remains a cold case. My, uh, my brother's stepdaughter was involved in a horrific accident where she was killed in a tragic one-car accident where her boyfriend, who was driving drunk, crashed into a bridge abutment. What he did was, after they had crashed, he moved her out of the passenger seat into the driver's seat. As he moved into the passenger seat and waited for someone to come, and everybody thought she was the one who was driving and caused this accident. Only to find out after the autopsy and they, the hospital looking and seeing that the bruising from the impact did not match where they were sitting, realized that he had made this switch. But up until that point in time, we all thought that he, had, he was the passenger and not, not the driver. Somebody said that forgiveness is me giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. You know what I'm talking about. You know how it feels sometimes when somebody hurts us so bad. What do we want to do? We want revenge. We want to see them hurt. We want to see them suffer. And that's a natural human reaction. But then I think back to as Jesus hung on that cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He wasn't asking them to be relinquished of their behavior, their consequences, and all of that. Jesus was, 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 was taking the, the hurt and the pain and the anger that anyone could have been feeling at that time and, and was just releasing it to his Father. Father, these people are yours. There are two dimensions in this area of forgiveness. And the first one is, is coming to that place of internal release. Internal release of our bitterness and our anger and that desire for revenge. Again, this is not a one-step process. This is a very difficult process to walk through. But it is, it is important to understand that if our souls are to remain strong and our souls are to remain healthy, then we have to learn how to process this. And for some, 
you may have to go through counseling or you may have to go through mediators. You may have to do whatever it takes to get to this place. But there's an internal release of bitterness and anger, that desire for revenge. And then there's that extension of mercy uh, that is given towards the one who has wronged you. And again, you're not letting them off the hook, so to speak. But that same mercy that flowed from the cross is the same mercy that flows from us. That same mercy that flowed from the king to the servant is the same mercy that needed to have flowed from the the servant to the other servant. You see, it's not three characters within that story that Jesus was, was illustrating. It was just the one. And that was the first servant who received the forgiveness of his great debt. And how did he respond? You see, we've received a, 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 a forgiveness of a great debt, the debt of our sins that, that Christ died on the cross for. And if we need to forgive, learn how to forgive, we need to forgive as Christ forgave us. Easier said than done, please. I'm not trying to minimize anybody's pain. I'm not trying to uh, make it look like this is just an easy thing. And if you can't do it, then you're not... You're not, uh, you're not saved or you're not, no, this is not it. What it is is this is a process of healing that needs to have happened in order for our souls to be made healthy. So uh, many of you would agree that one of the hardest things we do, but it can be and it is one of the healthiest things that we can do for our soul is to learn how to forgive. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3 as I, as I close, Verses 13 and 14, he said, bear with each other. That's level one. Let it go. Learn how to bear with one another. Learn how to let it go. And forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Level two, reconciliation. Going to one another. Talking it through. Walking it through. And then then the next says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's a deeper level of forgiveness. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How many of you? When you come to prayer and, and you hit your knees and, and you know you've blown it, you know you've made your mistakes, how many of you are so thankful for the forgiveness of God? Amen. I am. I am. So thankful for God's forgiveness. But I need to learn how to turn that around. And I need to learn how to forgive those that have hurt me. Again, easier said than done. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then over all these virtues stitched together, it says, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What allows this to happen is to learn how to love. The, the more I learn how deep God's forgiveness is for me and his love for me, then that gives me something to stand on as I learn how to love and forgive as I've been loved. 